Hi everyone, my name is Kim McLaughlin. I am a shamanic practitioner living and practicing at Cedar Light Healing located in North Ayrshire, Scotland. The website is cedarlighthealing.com and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm kind of excited to do this episode because I feel like I talk about this topic all the time with my clients and that is what is a shamanic healing crisis? Today I'm going to take I don't know, 20 minutes or so, and I'm going to cover what is the shamanic healing crisis, why does it happen, how does it feel, when does it happen, pretty much everything I can think of to share with you about this phenomenon. Let's just start I don't, at the basics. I have a scenario for you. Okay, so imagine you've gone for a shamanic healing session with a practitioner for which you have had high hopes, you know, that this session is going to be the thing that makes you feel better, the thing that helps you finally access your emotions or feel confident again, or perhaps it'll be the thing that helps you to fall in love again, finally quit drinking, understand why your relationships aren't working, etc. So you do your session and you leave your session feeling really good, like chill, that energetic calm lasts for a couple of hours and then when you get home it's replaced with more of a spiritual buzzing like an energetic high when i feel this i often feel it's like i'm i'm tipsy or i'm intoxicated from the energy and then for the next few days maybe a week you feel great uh, maybe not like a completely changed person here but pretty good nonetheless and then somewhere in between day seven, perhaps day 10, boom, you crash. Suddenly you feel like crap, impatient, angry, weepy, exhausted, and then the emotions start to surface. So all of that anger that perhaps you've been carrying that you thought you'd left behind, or the frustration or confusion about something that happened to you as a child, or maybe the grief that you've been skillfully suppressing for decades. It all breaks forth like a dam. And for the first time, all of that anxiety that you've been suppressing for years, it finally has a name and it meets you face to face. Healing crises are hard. Don't let anyone tell you different. In fact, I tell every single client without exception that engaging in shamanic healing work is not the time to fire your therapist. And you know, whenever I say it, we always have a little laugh. It's like a bit of a joke, but actually it's not a joke. It's true. A medical professional, or at least at the very least a trusted confidant is often going to be necessary to help you explore and unpack what might come up for you in the healing crisis. But on that point, I digress. So. The real question here is, why do healing crises happen? It's always, I think, important to go back to the basics of shamanism. And shamanism or shamanic healing is concerned with two things. One is removing energy or power from your body that doesn't belong there. And these, when we have energy that is kind of stuck in our body that doesn't belong to us, we call these intrusions. And I'll talk a bit more about that in a bit. And the second thing is that shamanic healing is concerned with restoring to you your own energy or power that was lost, given away, or was stolen. So when we have power loss, 
we become more vulnerable to allowing intrusions, so energy that's not serving us, into our bodies. And uh, when a healer restores energy or power to you, I do tend to use these words synonymously, particularly when power is being restored or elements of your soul. I kind of hate referring to that as energy. It doesn't really encompass the true meaning of, of what's happening here, but you know, for lack of a better term, when a healer restores energy or power to you, that power needs to integrate in your body physically. And we refer to this process as grounding. And one would think that the process of grounding good, healthy power would be a, you know, sunshiny, positive thing. I mean, really, you think, what could be so hard about that? Isn't that the name of the game and why we do all of this shamanic healing work? And yeah, it is a good thing, but here's the, here's the rub. Your body can only hold so much power at any given time. So generally, when we start our healing journeys, we are carrying intrusions within our bodies. So an intrusion can be, for example, another's jealousy or anger that they have sent our way and that anger or jealousy has become lodged in our bodies. It can be others' power that we've stolen from them because maybe we are jealous of them or we are in lust with them and it's not being reciprocated. So we can steal parts of other people's power and we store that in our body and it becomes energy that's not serving us. Um, it can be grief or hurt that belongs to a loved one that we we willingly took on in a very well-meaning, albeit slightly codependent way of wanting to help them. It can also refer to spiritual attachments that we may carry. That's a very real thing, but I don't like to dwell in it because I personally think that other practitioners dwell in it way too much and to the detriment of their clients. So in other words, intrusions are unwanted energy that are, is taking up space in your body. And these intrusions cause energetic blockages. And so our ability to fight off more intrusions because of the blockages becomes reduced. We become vulnerable to taking in more energy that doesn't serve us. And of course, taking in more energy that doesn't serve us makes us more vulnerable yet again to yet more of it. So we enter this downward energetic cycle where vulnerability creates harm, which creates more vulnerability and so on. And when I say harm, I'm referring to what happens when we do have energetic blockages, what happens when we have attachments, perhaps our, our, as our energetic boundaries are compromised, we may start compromising boundaries in our real lives, you know, it's causing us to make unhealthy decisions about who we spend our time with, how much we give away which can cause stress and toxicity in our lives, which in turn can impact our working life, impact our stress levels, impact our physical and mental health. This is what I refer to when I talk about harm. So the question becomes, how, to, how do we reverse the cycle? And we do this by restoring power to the client. So the thing is, is as positive and empowering energy grounds, it displaces the stagnant energy that is causing the blockages in, in our body, the energy that is not serving us. So the best way I, th I can think about it or communicate it is imagine bright, clear, clean water is being poured into a glass of murky water. 
And as this clean, healthy water sinks to the bottom of the glass, it's going to push out the murky water and that murky water is going to spill out over the top of the glass and go down the drain. This is what happens when power is restored to us. This healthy power goes into our bodies and it pushes out stagnant energy that's not serving us. That's a bit murky. And this murky energy is energy manifests as emotions. So how do we release stagnant emotions? Well, there's only one way to release them. And unfortunately or fortunately, that is to feel them. So those issues that we have steadfastly kept locked down deep in our gut suddenly rise to the surface and demand to be expressed. So we rage, we cry, we rail, we mourn, we remember, release, and resolve. And this process can be easy or it can be difficult depending on our circumstances and depending on the amount of support and understanding that we have for ourselves or that we have around us. It can also be physical. I know that for me, when I'm going through this process, I often get tired and I feel run down. Um, I end up feeling incredibly impatient <laughs> with everything and everybody. And I understand it's because my body becomes desperate for the rest it needs to be able to process what is coming up for me at that time. And I mean, it is super uncomfortable, but it's kind of like breakdown, breakthrough. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Remember that as this, as crappy as a healing crisis can feel, and it does, it is happening fundamentally because this healthy power is grounding in our bodies while all of that unwanted energy is leaving us. When we get to the end of the healing crisis, we feel so much better. We will often feel grounded. We will feel solid. And maybe with a bit of luck, a little bit wiser. We have confronted our shadow sides and we know ourselves better as a result. When we release shame, we begin to love ourselves again. And that love forms the, the foundation of identity and self-esteem. And when we value ourselves, we make better decisions about our lives. We develop and we enforce our boundaries and our patterns begin to shift. And we experience often, often for the first time since we were children, how it feels to live fully in our power. We can do this because we've released all of that gunk that was stuck within us. And we've created room within our bodies for healthy, positive change. So when does the shamanic healing crisis happen? Okay, so this is, bear with me, it's kind of confusing, I think, but logic would dictate that a shamanic healing crisis is going to happen after the work. So, you, you know, you've done a soul retrieval and then a week later you may have a healing crisis, but there's no such thing as logic in the shamanic world. And sometimes a healing crisis can happen before you arrive for your session. Booking a session to do shamanic work, it signals to the spirits that you're ready. Yeah, you have reached out to me, but much more importantly, you've, you've, you've signaled to your spirits, okay guys, I am ready to step into my healing. I am ready to face what needs to be faced. I'm ready to do the heavy lifting and be accountable to myself, to my health. 
you have told your spirits that, you've told my spirits that, and incidentally, because we're actually booking an appointment, you may or may not have told me that, but the spirits hear you loud and clear and, and you know, you, we get what we ask for. So what'll often happen is that, let's say you and I book a session uh, two, three weeks in advance, the, the spirits, however, they will start the healing work as soon as that intention is made. So that could be weeks before you actually go in to see me or your practitioner. This is also why the few days before a session can feel so intense as uh, those things that need to be released, they, they start rising to the surface or we begin resisting what is rising to the surface. You know, sometimes we are very attached to our unhealthy patterns, right? We have to remember that we develop unhealthy patterns because they serve us at some point in our lives, right? There are good things. We hang on to them. We grow used to them. And so we will at times subconsciously fight the process of releasing them, even if we do know on that intellectual level that it's the right thing to do. So that can feel incredibly uncomfortable in the days leading up to a healing session. And in fact, I wrote a blog about, you know, why you shouldn't cancel your shamanic healing session. So generally a healing crisis will occur about, you know, seven to 10 days after a session. And I'll say that there's no real rules here, but there are some similarities, I suppose. So I find that if someone identifies as female, so they're really identified with that female spirit or that female energy, they will often go through the healing crisis a little bit quicker. So maybe between five and seven days, whereas those who identify as male and are in touch with that that masculine energy, they will often go through the healing crisis a little bit more in like maybe nine to 12 days. I, I have no idea why this is, but it does seem to be the pattern. And I do know that if someone is really connected, for example, if I do healing work on one of my shamanic colleagues, so someone who's been working with power and energy for many years, that energy will ground more quickly in their bodies. They can process that energy more quickly. And so for them, the healing crisis can occur, if they're going to have one, within a day or two. Um, and then still thinking about time, a healing crisis can last anywhere from a few days. So for me, when I, get that awareness that, you know, what the hell is wrong with me? Oh, I'm in a healing crisis. I know usually, okay, I need to clear my weekend. I need to cancel all of my social engagements, uh, pull back if I'm able to with work, and just take that time to honor what is coming up for me. But having said that, there are times where a healing crisis can last a few weeks, and I've been through healing crises that took months to resolve. It can take months for that power to ground in our bodies and push out whatever needs to be pushed out. So does everyone go through a healing process or a healing crisis? Uh, you will be so happy to learn that absolutely not. It's not a necessity that if you do shamanic healing work, you must have a, a shamanic healing crisis. Some clients will feel nothing but positivity and lightness after their sessions. And I know what you're thinking. It's like, oh yeah, okay, they're the lucky ones, right? 
But actually that, that doesn't tend to be the case. If someone is in a really tough place, if they've had a real struggle, the spirits will often be quite gentle on them. This doesn't mean that the healing isn't working. Uh, the, the releasing still happens as the energy grounds. But in this case, that releasing will be slower and it will be gentler. You know, there's that old adage, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. And there's so many variations of it. But it really is the truth when it comes to shamanic work. The spirits don't give us more than we can handle. Sometimes it feels like they do, but we do get through it. And I'm just thinking, you know, I did a lot of healing work the year my mother died. And I was really lucky that year. I remember I was actually in shamanic training. And often when we are in shamanic training, so we're learning how to do the healing work on others, we are thrown into our own healing work. This is how we learn by experiencing it and going through it and being active participants in healing. So it's tough, right? Lots of healing crises happen. And uh, I can remember my mother had died and I was so lucky that year because for once the spirits didn't throw me into any profound healing crises at that time. And I'm so grateful because I was already in a very deep mourning. And looking back, I likely couldn't have handled the added intensity of being thrown into this, you know, deep releasing process at the time. Um, these days, if I get healing work done in me, so I go see another healer, they do the work and I feel, I feel nothing. I just feel chill. I can't even begin to tell you how grateful I am to the spirits for having mercy on me. You know, I don't need to have these big, intense, the earth shakes beneath me kind of experiences with my healing. I'm so grateful for gentle healing. And again, you know, while shamanic healing crises are common, they're not the rule. Sometimes we're just so depleted that it feels amazing to have power restored to us. And it puts us on a soft energetic high that can last for months. And unlike chemically induced highs, when this is the case, there's going to be no crash at the end, just a nice sense of feeling grounded and secure in the space that we take up in the world. Can a shamanic crisis be avoided? Well, yes and no. So think of a healing crisis as an opportunity to identify what's coming up for you and what needs to be released. And while the feelings associated with the healing crisis can certainly be intense, it is temporary, right? There's always light at the end of the tunnel. You will get through the other side of it. But having said that, one of the reasons that I like to do extraction work on a client as part of a soul retrieval or a power animal retrieval or even um, a soul remembering ceremony it's to kickstart and gentle the release of whatever misplaced energy that client's carrying. So going back to the water analogy, it's like pouring out a bit of the murky water before we pour in that nice, clean, healthy water so that the glass doesn't overflow as much. Another way to minimize the healing crisis is to see a Reiki practitioner to help that power ground, right? Or to help whatever needs to release to release so the power has room to ground. But be aware, if emotion or pain need to be released, it needs to be released. And stepping into that healing work, allowing yourself to feel whatever it is you need to feel emotionally and honoring that, identifying that, it's the only way that, we're, that, that you can move along in this journey. 
You know, let's change gears just a moment here and talk about addiction recovery. Because I get lots of emails from people who are um, in the midst of their addiction recovery. You know, hurrah, they, they are the real warriors. And they will ask for soul retrieval. But I generally will say, well, if you're less than 12 months on your journey, soul retrieval is not always a great idea. And the reason is that the probability of a healing crisis is, is why we generally won't do soul retrieval work in anyone, again, who's less than 12 months into their addiction recovery journey. Um, the healing crisis that can occur after soul retrieval specifically, it can be intense. It can be hard to cope with the emotions that are coming up. And sometimes that soul retrieval, it's almost like we have markers, we have signposts in our lives, right? And we rely on those signposts to navigate tough situations. And soul retrieval can change where those signposts are. So it can feel quite destabilizing. And the client needs to have enough strength within their sobriety to withstand the possible intensity of that healing crisis. Now, that doesn't mean that someone in addiction recovery can't benefit greatly from shamanic work. Like, oh my God, you know, shamanic work is amazing for people in addiction recovery. My favorite healing session to do with someone in that situation is power animal retrieval. These ceremonies are so poignant. I love them. They are my favorite period. And one of the reasons I love them is that I feel that they, they tend to be so much gentler than a soul retrieval. You know, they are beautifully affirming. They never fail to support and reinforce the client in the very best of ways. This is also the reason that I won't do soul retrieval on children. I won't do soul retrieval generally on anyone under the age of yeah, 2021, right? And this is why. But power animal retrieval, oh, I do that on babies, right? Do that on everybody. I wish everybody could have a power animal retrieval. Sometimes I think regardless of our age or our circumstance, knowing how the spirits see us as beautiful, sacred, you know, light-filled beings, it is such a positive revelation from which we can draw strength when we feel that we may falter. And Personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with the, okay, let's do a power animal retrieval now. And then three or six months later, if you're feeling ready and the spirits agree, then let's talk about doing a soul retrieval. I think that's a really healthy approach. Always remember that if you are in the middle of a shamanic healing crisis, as hard as it can feel, it means that healing is happening. And the upside of the healing crisis is it's a strong signal that you are truly deep in your healing process. And of course, we have a choice about whether or not we will surrender to it. Will we acknowledge it or will we push it right back down? But for those of us who do have the courage to be accountable to our healing, to be willing to look at what's coming up, right? Willing to honor ourselves and our healing work which is why we were born into our lives. The outcome of that courage is absolute transformation. So if you are in the midst of your healing crisis right now, I would offer you a few thoughts. The first thought is, I know it feels really badly, but it is temporary and you will get through it. You will. What you are going through may be unique to you, but it is not unique 
there is a pattern to it and you will get through the other side of it. If you feel you need to release emotion, but that emotion is taking its sweet time, I would suggest that you go for a Reiki session or an energy balancing session. You know, it's not like because you see a shamanic practitioner, you can't see a Reiki person or because you're seeing a Reiki person, you can't see your therapist. Like all of these things work together, right? The medicine wheel has four sides, mental health, physical health, spiritual health, emotional health. There are professionals in every area of that. And it's when we seek help in all of those areas and we are accountable to all of those areas that we are able to reach <laughs> optimum healing. And the third is that, you know, I guess further to that, that, that balance, that medicine wheel model is that talk to a therapist or a medical professional about what's coming up for you. A soul retrieval in particular can unlock difficult memories that perhaps you have been suppressing for many years and you may need support to deal with that. You may need professional help to unpack what's coming up for you. And I think that that is normal. Being accountable to our healing work means having the wherewithal to talk to a therapist when we need to. And tell your therapist about the work you're doing with the shamanic practitioner. Whether or not they agree with it isn't the point. At least they will be aware of what's happening with you. So with that, I want to thank you for listening today. If you'd like more information on uh, healing crises or, or soul retrievals or shamanism, please feel free to visit my website at cedarlighthealing.com or you can visit me. I'm on Facebook, also at Cedar Light Healing, and I'm also on Twitter at Cedar Light UK. So everyone, please stay well, keep walking in the light, and thank you so much for your time today.